Hello and welcome to another episode of Get Wrecked, our side series here on Play Along Pod. What we do is we take one of ourselves from Play Along and a guest, we each pick a game the other one hasn't played and recommend it to them and then come together to discuss what we thought and kind of compare opinions on the game. Today I'm joined by Alejandro of a Random Gamers Corner. How are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. It's honestly a very overcast day in the morning, so pretty good overall. I'm just happy to be invited here, so thank you for that. No, no, it's awesome. It's always great to have someone to talk to games about. Um, so why don't you take a second just kind of introduce yourself and, and what a Random Gamers Corner is? Hello, everyone. My name is Alejandro Ortiz, and yeah, I'm the host of A Random Gamers Corner, a gaming podcast where it's mainly talk about mainly talk about games, but sometimes we could lightly dabble in some anime or shows, movies, but mainly on games. And I I'm sometimes joined by my co-host Nathan and Mason, but kind of life gets busy. But overall, just having fun rev- uh, reviewing games, um, talking making what if scenarios for our games and whatever else comes to mind whenever I'm not making uh, run the mill type of episodes when there's like not much going on at the moment. Yeah, it's all kind of dependent on what's happening, isn't it? But, you know, I mean, you, you guys had a video that was like, uh, not video, an episode that was like, um, like characters to take on revenge on. Am I remembering that right? Yes. Yeah, you guys cover like a whole a whole range of kind of yeah, I guess like entertainment topics, but like you said, mostly gaming. Yeah, I try to do my best to try to think of random things that pop out of my head at times where I was like, okay, what's to do something different for this month or what what haven't I done in a cool minute? Because every, every year it's like new characters to aid on to love or characters discuss and sometimes i just think back like oh this this would be a cool concept or a cool um idea to think about like i know for my friend my friend nathan and i i know that one day we would like to talk about fallout i knew um a fallout spinoff that focus more on the liberators and talent company from fallout 3 because it's I feel like there was like some missed potential there, so yeah, I don't know. Just also new ideas to try to think up. Yeah, and going more into the lore of it rather than like the Brotherhood and, and kind of like the main people that everyone knows. Right. Yeah, so I thought, hey, I mean, that, that I don't think anybody has really got, uh, dove into that kind of thing yet, so I thought like might also take a stab at it in the future. And I mean, rather, rather fittingly for us today, you guys had a an episode on on the Saints Row reboot, kind of reminiscing on the on the previous games. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. I weird. Um, I weirdly enough, I haven't talked about Spain's the new Saints Row specifically yet. I mean, I I did in a collaboration with someone else, but. For the first uh, four Saints Row games, at least the one that's like the, I guess you could say, canonical timeline. Yeah, I was able to like talk about those games, like my experience with them. So, yeah, it was it was very fun. But I do plan on talking about the new game, like once I've actually played the DLC of it as well. 
Okay. Well, I mean, that's probably a nice little segue into the first game that we're going to talk about today because you recommended to me Saints Row 2. Yes, I did. And how was your experience with that? Like, were you, do you feel happy and joy with it or were you just like frustrated with it? Like, considering, I know like when you were, when you got the PC version of it, it wasn't working as well. God, yes, the PC version <laughs> of this game is um, phew, is absolutely atrocious. Um, oh. So a, a little bit of backstory first. The Saints Row 2 is a 2008 action-adventure game developed by Volition and published by THQ. It is the sequel to Saints Row. Um, and this is... From what Wikipedia is telling me, this is the only Saints Row game I've played. This game is kind of where the focus on the comedy started. Like, this is kind of where they, you know, from what I can see and from what I know, there was a lot of comparisons to GTA in the first Saints Row game. So they kind of tried to make it very tongue-in-cheek and very comical to to bring it away from that comparison right that's true yeah um okay i could agree saints row one was more of a i guess you could say a fan um i guess an updated version of a gta game where okay now the characters got ragged off physics so on and so forth uh saints row 2 is when okay now the plot the plot can be well i can't say the plot because those are different storylines but the game, um, yes, you're playing as like a bunch of gangsters, and but now it's like there's a, a there's like a lot more freedom to be like feel like more comedic, especially when you could like dress up however you like as like a man in a hot dog suit or dress up like a mm-hmm. uh, dress up like a still Halloween or like serious cutscenes and such. So, and especially when you got the side missions that they finally kind of went a bit more crazy, especially uh. Septic Adventure, I believe that's what it's called. Yes, that's one one with the um with like the septic truck, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. The spraying uh, yeah, every so, building ruining all the Yeah. <laughs> oh I did I did initially get the PC version of this game. Um I found a Steam key on C D keys for two pound. Nice. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Um but Jesus Christ, does this game run bad on the PC port? Um, it would hard crash every like 20, 30 minutes, maybe. Um, it would go down to like eight or nine frames a second. Uh, oh, no. A lot of input lag, a lot of um, just like NPCs not spawning properly and like spawning into the ground. So I did some research and there is a very hardcore community who have taken to modding this game to make it playable. Um, but steps needed to do that involved in, like downloading a third-party mod launcher and downloading a bunch of mods from the internet as opposed to like Steam Workshop. So I was like, mm, I don't know if I really want to be doing this. And then I found a used copy, a physical copy, 360 copy, 
two pound, and I was like, okay, right, I'm just gonna buy that. The game still has some some technical issues, um, especially because of the open nature of the world. Things can get very hectic at random points, and the game doesn't like it, and the frames will just tank, and that starts to happen. Um, uh, I mean, plot-wise, there isn't really much to discuss. Like, you, you play as a custom character who wakes up after the events of the first game, being the sole survivor of an explosion. Um, you wake up in the infirmary ward of a prison, and a couple of years have passed or so since the first game, you bust out of prison with the help of uh, Carlos, and yes. you are basically faced with a world that you don't recognise. The saints no longer exist. A whole bunch of enemy gangs have taken over what was the saints' turf. Um, from what I got, having not played the first game, um, it seems like the the chief of police was undercover cop in Saints Row 1 and kind of portrayed the Saints. Um, that was the impression I got. They did briefly discuss it now and then, but it's pretty much just a story of taking back taking back the turf and kind of re-establishing the Saints. That's for the most part. But I don't know if you agree with this, Alejandro. Like there are some some sections of the game that are actually quite raw and emotional, especially around um, the like the death of Aisha and and like Gat's girlfriend and that whole kind of Ronin storyline. Well, okay, so just to give a, a, my own backstory, I've played Saints Row two before I played the first game, so I was kind of like in the same boat as you. It was like kind of like oh, okay, so this is what's going on but i don't know everyone as much as it there's already been established mm. connections and such but i'm i'm glad the game um didn't like either make you feel like you had to rely on the first game to know what what's going on it's just kind of like all right well here's a new thing for you to like deal with here's all these new characters but yeah i the the game is more of a uh-huh. well yeah just taking back more uh taking back turf again and just seeing how these storylines play out between the three um, gangs you deal with until the final, um, I guess, not gang, but I guess faction you have to deal with in the end, which was Ultor. And yes, that's where I've just got up to. Um, so I've, I've just finished the three gangs and, and doing their storylines. And um, as of recording, I'm about to start the Eltor mission. So I got a fair, I got a fair way through this game. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, it, uh, if you're like um, playing it at your own pace and just like having a lot of fun with it, then yeah, it could take a while. And that's the same thing for me. It, it did take me a while, but I, I was enjoying every bit of it, especially when I was just like just messing around trying to find something new to uh something new to buy some there was like just so many customization stuff that in the first place so that's what took up so much of my time like just exploring the uh exploring areas and laying my laying my uh, laying my boss 
um, be idle for a bit just so he can go do some random idle animation kind of thing, which was so fun like uh, to discover. And it, yeah, the old tournament uh, missions, yeah, that's when like, okay, you're like at the end game uh, stuff right there. So I hope you can enjoy that conclusion. Yeah, I mean, I'm very interested to see because like you said, there's kind of separate um, gang plots. So have the Sons of Samadhi, the Ronin, and the Brotherhood. They're like the main three. And each of them have their own kind of plot. Like the Brotherhood start off trying to help the Saints because they want to kind of be in cahoots with the Saints. But they end up basically being very offensive and saying to the saints like oh you do all the work but we're going to take like 80 percent of the money um and that's what kind of sours the relationship yeah the boss was just like wasn't having any of that and trust me if you're go, uh, go to the saints for one you know it's a big difference between player and boss which is a protagonist but he hasn't upgraded to boss yet mm. yeah i mean i, I will not to get into final thoughts i do think i will play the other parts of the uh the franchise like the other games um so that each of them have their own storyline like the brotherhood gets weird you end up like putting nuclear waste in tattoo ink and like yeah <laughs> burning a hole in the side of the guy's face and then trapping his girlfriend in the boot of the car and having him squash his girlfriend without knowing because he's at a monster truck show and he's like crushing the car and he's like yeah woo, and you're like yeah check the boot um yeah, and then he ends up he ends up killing Carlos, like drags him through the town attached to the back of a truck. Um it's just I was so this is why Saints Row 2 was on my was on my radar because a friend of mine had requested it, had suggested it to me. And he said, like, oh, you'll be surprised how heavy the story of the game gets. He's like, there was a lot of betrayal and a lot of like double crossing and sort of just very emotional plot points. And I was like, Greg, what do you want about Saints Row 2? Like, it's not, it's not an emotional game. It's a GTA clone. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? But I mean, I'm, I'm happy to say I was pleasantly surprised by how, how like raw and deep the story actually did get and what your experience with the uh with the story of saints row 2 was was you kind of surprised by it well okay so okay some more backstory because it i had the strangest way of getting into game uh some uh, certain series but when it came to saints row 2 i was just looking up um Bully, uh, bully content at the time, and then uh, saying grown up, uh, adult, um, Jimmy Hopkins, uh, shoots somebody. I was like, what? And it turns out someone really uh, recreated Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, inside uh, Saints Row Two, and I was just like, what the hell is this game? And so that's when I looked it up. I was like, oh shit, this seems like a bit of like a dark game. So when I got it, I was actually taken aback by how silly it can get, uh, but I. Knew that I was gonna be serious from one of the cutscenes I saw already by accident. But, oh, okay. So you knew, you kind of knew going into it. Interesting. Yeah, but it was 
I was just I was still surprised at how the story, uh, how well the story was done with at least with these different gangs, and I was like so invested in getting to um getting to each plot point of where okay, who's gonna who the hell is gonna get um who the hell is gonna be the person that's gonna try to step up to the boss? Who's gonna get killed next? Who's the lieutenant that's gonna get sacrificed? Stuff like that, and that's um that's when I realized like damn this game's actually pretty damn special to me now and it's like out of all the games of Saints Row like th this is one I could um I could reliably come back to and just have a lot of fun with. Interesting. I I didn't realize your uh, your connection to the game was that was that strong. Yeah. Um. It was my during my high school um years that I discovered this game and that's when. It sort of shaped my music taste too, because I was like real, really in love with the radio stations, and mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, I guess it count. It's like that would be one of those games that just stick with me forever, because it was just. I mean, to me, I just thought it was well done, and that's when I discovered the GTA clones uh, comments like at a way later time. I was like, really, people were comparing this to this, but when I played Saints Row One, I was like, I felt oh okay, I can sort of see it, but. I don't know, there was something that felt like, eh, it, fe it feels like a bit of a, I don't know, it just feels like a bit of like a whatever, I mean, how do I say this? I guess it feels like maybe somewhat close to a GTA game, but I feel like there was like something that was trying to dif differentiate from it. But mm. the, the second game, though, like, I played that first and I, I just couldn't see that connection whatsoever. I was like, what are people talking about? I don't remember uh, yeah, having the chance to dress like a hot dog. Yes, yeah, no, Saints Row 2 is... Saints Row 2 is nothing like GTA. Um, I mean, getting into the kind of the gameplay, like you, you were saying about the customization, like, you can you can run around, like, I mean, I found a place that was like, I could wear a miner's helmet, I could, like, dress like a giant hot dog. There was hot dog cars that you could steal from people. Um, and what's interesting is that Every mission you complete gives you a neighborhood. It gives you another piece of territory back. And those territories will earn you X amount of money per day in-game. And you can use that money to not only buy new cars and customize your clothes and stuff, but you can also buy businesses. And then that mm -hmm. will generate income for you on a daily basis. Um and will also give you a discount at that place when you go there. So what ends up happening is you end up finding it really hard to make money at first. Then when you effectively are like running the city, I mean, at the moment, I haven't played that game for, for about two weeks or so just because I've had some, some stuff going on. But I mean, when I left the game, I had like 160 grand because I just... Or built all these businesses and had control of these neighborhoods and you know I've got like Superior which is like the fastest car that you can buy I think and like I've fucking pimped that out and upped the torque <laughs> and put nitrous on it and all sorts of stuff so it's, it's a very interesting to see late game how it changes compared to early game like start off in this really run-down flat like an apartment and now I've got like a fucking saint super condo that's like massive on the side of a beach property and 
it's just like a whole kind of different lifestyle, I guess. It kind of really plays into that whole kind of like boss thing that you were saying about how like now you just have like too much money almost. Too much power. Yeah. Uh, I, this is like another thing that I love about the game where you can actually feel the difference like once you're done with I guess once you're almost done with everything because okay you got like all you got these new apartments to go to whenever you well I guess some place you want to go chill or change clothes and you got yeah all these discounts like everything is like just really under your kind of type of control now it made you feel like you were growing that kind of power so it it was just really cool to just feel that kind of uh, difference at uh, from the beginning of the game to late game so it was like one of those things to appreciate about it and i mean especially back in 2008 like that's it's pretty there's a pretty alien concept for like 2008 um yeah like you said you you kind of you get to a point where you you kind of have all this power you know you've got all these neighborhoods um you know you essentially have any gun that you want and the game will do things um, one of the things that I liked the most was you'll be driving around and it will be like, press Y to answer your cell phone. So you answer your cell phone and then it will be like, oh, uh, the, the beachfront area is under attack. And now you have to drive all the way back to the beachfront area and it will be like Sons of Samadhi or something are trying to take back their turf. And you're essentially having to locate and chase down their lieutenants and basically stop the takeover of the area that you took from them um which i thought was a really really cool feature just having to like there was one time i was on the completely opposite side of the map and i remember literally like handbrake turning and just bombing it all the way across the map back to the neighborhood so that i could stop this takeover Right. <laughs> it's ridiculous because I remember this one memory of mine, like where I had like a very customized um, golf cart, <laughs> gold rims and everything, all that. And then I remember arriving at the at the scene where all the big battle is going. On. I was like, I look fucking ridiculous right now. Like the boss is just arriving in a golf cart where he's just like <laughs> in a very souped up golf cart where it looks like it's more pricey than anyone's car in the area combined. But it was just awesome. It just, it was like an awesome bit of freedom. Yeah, and it's it be ridiculous like that. It's very surprising just how alive the city feels, and kind of link it to the technical issues. Like there were some technical issues, you know. I did get, um, I did get frame rate issues, especially when there was like big fights. Um, so there's. There's a mission in the Ronin story where you're trying to um, you're trying to kill the son of the Ronin leader, and that results in this like massive gang fight. Um, and I ended up having cars exploding left, right, and center, and all sorts of stuff, and the frames tanked. But uh, you know, when you look at the big picture of it, it's kind of like. It's impressive that in 2008 this was able to be this kind of living, breathing city where you had to go and defend your territories and 
you know, you had like a notoriety meter as well. So if you started to piss off a certain gang, they'd start to shoot you as you drove past them. It's a very, it's a very alive city. And I feel like, I feel like that's the thing that I enjoyed the most about the game. Oh man, you and me both. Uh, one thing like my friend and I agreed on when I came to this, when it comes to this game was that yeah it the NPCs actually feel like they live in this world especially especially when um sometimes you got of course you got NPCs that run away from whenever there's a structure going on but there are certain NPCs that would actually try to fight back which was just a bit of a new concept to me where okay yeah you got your usual people that would just like pu um punch you like I think it's San Andreas but that was very rare but um, or here, Saints for Two, still water. Some NPCs would either try to tase you mm. or use whatever weapon they actually have on them. And I'm just thinking, wow, these people are not taking, um, they're not trying to take any shits whatsoever. Like it's it's cool just like see a town actually trying to fight back against the gang warfare, other than just the police. So that that was just what's awesome to me. Yeah, and it it does all it does all kind of play into the. You know, the idea of Stillwater being like a living, breathing environment. Um, I think the last thing that's kind of worth talking about before we talk about the gameplay in a general sense are the side missions. Um, so the side missions are scattered around the, the map and they range from uh, spay, like spraying septic waste over buildings to driving uh, prostitutes and their clients around in cars while trying to evade the like paparazzi so that they their photos don't get leaked to the newspaper and shit like this. Um, the interesting thing about them is that they do earn you money and they earn you um, respect, which we'll talk about in a minute, but when you get to level six and you finish the final one of like, the activity, the mission for that activity, you'll normally be rewarded with something. And sometimes they're, sometimes I was kind of disappointed with them. It would be like, oh, there's new car options for your gang that you can customize, um, which we'll talk about as well in a sec. But there were some times where I was like, this is brilliant. Like I got, Unlimited pistol ammo and unlimited SMG ammo, which was just absolutely crazy because I was spending a lot of money on pistol ammo and SMG ammo. So to be able to just kind of go around and like spray and pray with an SMG. I don't know about you, but for me, it kind of fed into that whole boss persona that you were talking about. Like, you rock up in your fucking souped-up golf cart, and you jump out, and you just start spraying SMG bullets everywhere. Like, you don't give a fuck who you're hitting. You're just shooting, because you, you haven't got to worry about ammo. Right, and... Um... It's just, it's just cool. Like, the, like, it just feels so rewarding when those kind of, 
when it, um, when you're able to complete those kind of side activities. I'm not sure about uh, the no fall damage activity though. I'm pretty sure that's just. I think you only have to do what skydive successfully once, and oh, that's okay. it. But yeah, so. But when it comes to like these other side activities, yeah, it's not, it's always nice to like get like a new bonus that makes your it makes gameplay more fun and like it's just more convenient quality of life in other words, which is just awesome and gives you more reason to like want to complete these uh, side activities. Though I will say the one the one where you're uh, chaperoning around the celebrities mm-hmm. and such, ah, those were a pain in the ass. I, those were not my. My favorite whatsoever, especially in Saints Row One. That one was way worse. Than oh computer. man, it, it, they were probably my least enjoyable because I, I mean we can cut, we can tie this in. I wanted to talk about the AI in this game a little bit because the AI is simultaneously great and also a massive pain in the ass. Um, uh-huh. Enemies will just beeline for you regardless of where they're coming from. You just kind of go as the crow flies straight at you. And so I've had times where um, enemy gang cars have, like, come charging upstairs and, like, soared six feet over the top of me. Um, and the, specifically with those missions where you're chaperoning, chaperoning people around, you, the paparazzi trucks will just T-bone you and, like, crash head on into you like they do not care they will wreck their vehicle because the ai is just like this is what i need to hit i'm gonna hit it or it's just an accurate description an accurate representation of actual I mean, there is that. that's a joke just a joke um <laughs> it's just actual paparazzi it's just like hey <laughs> but it it's kind of is great and is also kind of annoying because especially in those in those paparazzi missions like you end up being boxed in by like three or four vans because one of them will hit you and kind of spin you out and then all of a sudden you're like being box maneuvered by these paparazzi and you just cannot escape but it does also lead to moments like the cars soaring over the top of me like it just makes for these batshit crazy moments that you're like, I never could have, I never could have scripted this. Like this, this has been gifted to me and I never will be able to recreate it. I was just saying like that, I think, I feel like that's what adds to the magic of Saints Road too, of just having those like personal crazy stories of things that happen to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like my time with Saints Row 2 was, was probably some of the most batshit crazy times that I've had um, and it is I mean not to spoil my final thoughts which we'll go too soon but it's part of the reason why I enjoyed the game so much um, I think lastly for me personally uh, the thing I want to talk about is the respect system in the game um, so in order to unlock missions, you need a certain level of respect. And I don't know about you, but I found early on in the game, this was a very, very big obstacle for me. Um, and that I... 
at first I was kind of like, oh, really, I have to go and get respect to unlock the missions and do the missions and blah, blah, blah. But it kind of forced me to do things. It forced me to customise my car. It forced me to do side missions. It forced me to engage in, like, drive-by distractions with enemy gangs and stuff. Like, it, it forced me to interact with the world that I was in and kind of make my character this boss persona in order to progress the story, which I think ultimately ended up being a good thing for my time with the game. Agreed. I, I don't know. I feel like there's like so much thought was put into how to make the uh, mission structure and your, your off time, I guess, kind of playing uh, fit together very well. And okay, you want to like, yeah, to progress the story here. Um, yeah, just build up your respect. Like, I think it's just like, hey, I mean, has it make sense for you to be? You can't be. I in a weird way, you can't be expected to look like some random passerby and to be in the story. But like, how do I put this? I think it's interesting how okay, you got like actually show off your power. By buying all this stuff, and is some of it ridiculous? Like you were to buy off, like what was it, off the yes, clothesline or something yeah. like that for one of the stores? And like, yeah, I think yeah. one of them's called like Sloppy Seconds or something. Yes, that one. <laughs> Such a ridiculous name. <laughs> but the more you like buy these things, especially when you buy stores and actually see your your character on a billboard, which is pretty cool. Cool, by the way. But see that happen, and I was like, it makes it makes sense to like for your respect to help you get to the story. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I thought it was just cool. Uh, yeah, cool no, reasoning. I, I, I cool definitely, motivation. I definitely agree with you because it's like it's a very good way of gently pushing the, the player to kind of interact with this world that was very carefully crafted to make them feel as if they are the boss of the fucking the saints do you know what i mean and i feel i feel like it was a very yes at first i was kind of annoyed i was like oh man i just want to blitz the story I did like but then i ended up not even playing the story and i ended up going and doing like the stronghold missions and doing side activities and all of these other little bits that i I probably wouldn't have done had the game not forced me to earn the respect to carry on the missions. Uh, as I said before, um, the game gives you plenty of reasons to just... I, I, feel, I think that's what I love about this game is that it also makes you f uh, feel like it's okay to be silly. Mm -hmm. It's okay to like go all out with um, buying as much stuff as you want because in the end, like it'll, it'll all come back to you like tenfold because of like okay yeah you bought all these stores yeah now you got all this currency you'll yeah, be good for it, life yeah. um i mean is there anything else that you want to discuss about the game before we kind of go into like final thoughts about saints row 2 i don't think so i feel like we actually pretty uh we covered like the good gist of it yeah i mean so so for me personally then final thoughts um I really, really fucking like this game. Um, it, well, I won't lie, it kind of became all I played pretty much until Tears of the Kingdom came out. Um, I would come home from work and 
I'd be like, oh, I've got some like housework to do. I'm just going to chill on Saints Row for half hour and then I'll crack on with the crap I have to do. And then the next thing I knew, it would be like four hours later. And there was something about this game that once I started playing it, I just didn't want to stop. I was having way too much fun. I was... I was enjoying the deep story beats. I was enjoying the goofy AI. I was enjoying, you know, the kind of the role playing of being like the boss of the saints and kind of everything that come with that and just being in the environment of Steelwater and like, you know, defending my turf from takeovers and destroying enemy strongholds and all of these different little fins I just loved being in that world and that was kind of kind of all I wanted to do and if it wasn't for if it wasn't for like my personal life at the moment and combined with Tears of the Kingdom coming out then I probably would have played this game to completion and and been completely obsessed with it until I finished it well, first, I like to say I'm glad you enjoyed it that much. I was just like, like after your experience with the PC port, I was like, ah, oh, gosh, I really <laughs> hope this the other version will be the better, uh, the better experience for him. I don't want it to be a bad impression of a recommendation, but uh, um, honestly, you playing it uh, had me go back to playing it. I was just like, man, I missed this game. Like, just even like, just like messing around, even just walking into the walking into town was just like just a treat still just like a breathing world like and sometimes when i'm just like walking down the street i can see a crime go off in the distance i'm like uh i'm just like damn even even if the boss is not doing anything there's still like life going on mm -hmm. in this world like okay you can still see that still water sure is like a crime ridden uh ridden city to be having a crime go off with or without you and sometimes i would just find even like this year, I found like a new detail where you could shoot off oh, the little mini, uh, si the rear, the rear view mirror or the side mirror, or whatever, for the cars. So I was like, what the hell? I could have done this all the time. But I mean, obviously, it's not something important, but it was just, oh, okay, cool. Like, I could do this. It's like, it's not like a copy and paste put together kind of city. It's like a cool breathing world where you can ha uh, have so much sandbox fun and then. I, again, easy to go back to and have a lot of fun with. It hasn't aged a lot, yes, but it's still so much fun to to mess around with at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I agree with that, you know, and like it, it is the small details. It's like the you'll be driving down the road and out the corner of your eye, you'll like see something and then you'll hear gunshots and you look and it's the saints fighting off against the brotherhood. Like, without you even being involved, they're kind of having this gang beef. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just... It was just really, it really, really surprised me, and I'm very, very grateful that you uh, you recommended it to me. Sure, man. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed this recommendation. Well, hopefully you enjoyed my recommendation to you, because completely different completely different game um i recommended to you phoenix Wright ace attorney 
very different yet very very enjoyable which i was so pleasantly surprised by i was just like i wonder what this how this game's gonna play because i never played a lawyer uh versus lawyer kind of game until this one and i'm just like oh my gosh this game is actually really indicting <laughs> so uh phoenix Wright ace attorney is the first game in the phoenix Wright series was released in 2001 um, for the Nintendo DS and is essentially a visual novel with um, lawyer elements like you said and you know kind of detective elements as well um, what was your what was your personal kind of experience with Ace Attorney as a whole prior to this. Um, honestly, I didn't know much about it other than um Phoenix. I think that's yeah. Uh, Phoenix was um was in Capcom versus uh, I mean what was it Marvel versus Capcom three? And I was just like, is that a lawyer fighting against a mutant? <laughs> <laughs> it was. That was my first exposure to him, and then that's when I like started like re uh, noticing the memes or uh, related to the uh, the game series for, on Twitter. I was just thinking, dang, this is a very beloved game. Like on, one of these days, I'll try to see if I could uh, check it out one day. And when you recommended it to me, I was like, okay, you know, what? I got no, more, I got no excuses. I should really try to play. I should really try to play this game, man. I had and geez, I can't believe it took me this long, but I am interested to like check out more of the series now because it was just that um it was just that fun and it was um a type of game that I didn't know that I'd be so into. Mm, had you played a lot of visual novels before or are you like a big visual novel fan? I have I have like next to nearly no experience with visual novels. I think the only one I've played uh, was this? I forgot this one game. Uh, the world ends with you, or something like that. Yeah, on the Switch, yeah, I tried yeah. to play it, but the characters were so unlikable to me that I was like, "To hell with this!" This there's too many damn tropes that are just too <laughs> weird and cringy to me. So that was a bad first experience for me. But this was like, if this is a visual novel, then what a great turnaround of an experience. <laughs> oh man, I'm so happy. So Phoenix Wright was my first visual novel. Um, and I played it well, maybe about 2009, 2008, I think. Um, I played it on an iPod Touch, which is it's crazy to think about. Um, the, the, the original trilogy of the DS games got ported over to iOS with full touchscreen support. Um, and that was my first experience of not just Phoenix Wright, but it was also one of the first visual novels I played. And, I mean, similar to you, I was just blown away by it. So let's, let's talk about the plot first. So you play as Phoenix Wright, who is a rookie defense lawyer. And you're kind of just like thrust straight into the whole kind of courtroom situation phoenix's best friend larry is actually charged with the murder of larry's girlfriend 
and Phoenix and his boss Mia are are basically just tasked with finding out who the real murderer is. And that's kind of Phoenix's real first case as a legit defense attorney. I just found it interesting that, oh, okay, it's not... I thought it was going to be like a smaller case because, you know, like lawyers like don't always have to deal with murder. But I was like, when, this, uh, when I got first thrust into murder, I was like, oh, we're going, we're going off hard. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. Yeah. So that the game is like split into five cases. Um, and the first case is that where your friend is accused of murdering his girlfriend. The second case is then you are trying to find out who murdered your boss. Your boss is found dead in the office and her sister is accused of the murder and you basically become the defense lawyer for um, the sister. The sister then ends up joining you and you do some other... They're all murder cases, I believe, in the first game. How far did you get for the first game? Actually, get out of curiosity. I actually got to chapter five, but damn, chapter, I mean, case five, sorry. Case five is like a bit of a doozy with how long it is. Yeah, case five, case five is quite a long one, yeah. <laughs> Compared to the others, because like case three is, um, I believe that's the one that's the samurai, the murder of the samurai, uh, the TV show. I believe so, yeah. Um. Case four was my personal favorite because throughout all these cases, um, if Phoenix and Maya are kind of forming a relationship, not like uh, necessarily a, a romantic relationship, but they're working together. And you kind of form this rivalry with Miles Edgeworth, who is an old classmate of Phoenix's, but He's gone on to become a prosecutor. Um, and I think they were actually like childhood friends, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe you're um, correct. And so there's this whole kind of like, you know, almost like a rivalry between them that Phoenix really doesn't kind of know why. Um, and the fourth case is actually Miles Edgeworth being arrested for the murder of his old mentor. Oh, He's arrested for the murder of somebody and Edgeworth's old mentor is actually the person who's prosecuting him. And you end up becoming Miles Edgeworth's defence lawyer and basically defending your childhood friend who you have this weird rivalry with. That's the fourth case. And the fifth case... The one with the two murders at the same yes, time? Yes, that's it. Yes, yes. That was crazy. Yes. God. Yeah, I remember now. It's been a while since I played this game. I, I looked through the plot to kind of remember and sort of jog my memory because I've played this game a couple of times over the years. Um, yeah, so how did, you, how did you feel about the story of the game, kind of the... Um, the whole idea of like Maya joining the team and the relationship between Edgeworth and Phoenix. I thought it was great. I 
throughout this whole time, I just, I love how this game was, despite, you know, like, not fully voiced, but I love how there, you get actually be able to feel the charisma, the the threats, and such and all with all these characters, like, with the way they're written, especially when you do get to hear the voice clubs, like, um, Objection and all that. I just love how you could feel like Phoenix is this sort of, he's young. Young, he ha- he has like a lot of that passion inside him to be do- uh to be doing these ca- kind of cases to you know to defend uh to defend his clients and such so and i also find it impressive like to feel um you could feel like something you could feel something is off when you're going up against someone um who either has power or power or can, um is trying to do their best to like feel uh to seem so innocent when obviously they're not it i just enjoyed it uh, so much and just to be able to actually at least being able to get uh, find the evidence right and such like it it helps out a lot to make sure i could not make uh phoenix look look like an ass during the during the cases yeah so gameplay wise let's let's talk about the gameplay because it kind of is made up of different sections you almost got like the courtroom section and the investigation section. So how did you feel about those two different things? Because they're two very different um, gameplay styles. I thought it was fantastic. Like, okay, we're starting off slow with the dialogue, uh, setting up the cases of what's going on. And that's when you could start asking questions to whoever is the persons of interest. Then start looking at the area if there's a scene of the crime. To look at the scene of the crime to see, okay, what is sticking out to you? What doesn't seem to be matching up with the scenery? And see what could help you in your case. And like you, you build up your collection of evidence and such to help you later on in the case court. And once you get to the case, um, I mean to the the trial uh, uh, um, sections, that's what is, it gets interesting when okay, trying to listen to these uh, to each sentence, maybe be a bit nitpicky with nearly every single sentence, and uh, see what seems odd to you, what gets contradicted, and so on and so forth. Is it's just interesting how, um, how they were able to do that for this game. Yeah, and I think for me personally, I think the courtroom section is where this game shines. Um, not to to take away from like the investigation and the evidence gathering because that is very interesting because you you kind of go and you you might find a clue and you think well how is this ever going to fit in I don't understand how this this goes together um and so it's always it's always interesting to kind of get the curiosity going but for me personally the courtroom side of it is is where the game shines and that whole like you said going through a sentence and you know you think you've got someone like oh they said a different time and you're like objection and they're like oh no sorry actually i just i just forgot it was you know it was actually 10 13 not 10 30 and you're like oh okay well that wasn't it so what else is it and then you, you go through the rest of the sentences and like you said you kind of become nitpicky because sometimes, especially in the later cases, sometimes 
the fin that you need to object to isn't always really clear and sometimes you have to you have to object to something that isn't necessarily the right thing to get the client or to get the the person who's on the stand to change the way they've said it so that you can object to something that is actually the real thing and it's kind of like this process that you have to go through It definitely is. And I I love how after a while, I mean, at first I was just thinking, I was just feeling awkward how everything is, especially when like, if the tutorial case with Phoenix is like, okay, things are a bit awkward. Phoenix is feeling awkward. Like, okay, here's a mistake. Here's so on and so forth. And that's when, um, but then when you start getting the role of things like, okay, you know, I could do this by myself. Of course, you know, there's always going to be those story moments where like, oh, this character needs to help you out or something. But it, it's, it was always fun to like, it's fun to ta- uh, take apart each testimony that just doesn't add up or doesn't make sense and try and slowly see the people that seem so high and mighty slowly start to break down and break their facade of thinking that they can get away with anything if they keep on putting on this mask. Yeah, and I think that's why um I think that's why I liked that case where Edgeworth is the suspect the most because I don't know about you, but I remember playing that case and I was like I I don't know why I'm defending this guy. Like he he done it. It's pretty clear that he did it. All the evidence is showing that he did it. And as the case progressed and you start to get new information from like testimonies in court and you're questioning everything that people saying, you kind of, I remember thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe he hasn't done it. And then you find something and, and it's like the bombshell. Right. Like, oh my God, this links to that. And then you go down that avenue and it just it just ends up leading to Miles Edgeworth not being the, the actual person who did it. Um and it actually being the prosecutor who's prosecuting him. And then you have to find out the motive and the reason of why he did it and like the whole case just kind of flips one eighty and you're like, Oh, I did I did not see this coming whatsoever. Right. It's it's that turnaround that what helped made me love the game so much. Um, this is I I think it's just like one of those when you have like that aha moment. It's what helps you feel so. I guess it helps you feel that so much of that accomplishment to have do that kind of thing yourself without the story or the one of the characters and help you out. Because then, boom, you. Able to outsmart this person who thought like they had everything, uh, had everything covered. Yeah, and I think that's kind of why I enjoyed that fourth case with Edgeworth so much is because the prosecutor, who is Edgeworth's old mentor, is so fucking smug, and just just being able to prove him right, to prove him wrong, and like find out the truth and. For it to be him himself, I was like, oh, this is just so, 
It was so rewarding for me. I don't know why. It's every reason to uh, feel rewarding. Like you're able to outsmart us, you're able to break down the um, narcissism. In yeah, exactly. Yeah, and to help bring justice as well. Yeah, and I just there was there was something about getting to the end result, and I remember playing the cases and like thinking like, okay. It was a lot of work, but it paid off. All the all the questioning and looking for clues and and kind of piecing things together has paid off. I've managed to do it. It's like one one big puzzle, right? And oh man, I I cannot describe the satisfaction I had of freaking taking down red white and case two our case two had to be one of my favorites that he the fact that this guy uh punched a phoenix and finally get away with it i was like (laughs) what the hell so it was great to like break down someone who thought they could use information to get out of everything is that the guy who's like super wealthy and has like diamond rings yeah. Yes, that that guy, the freaking uh, yeah, yellow blue hair. And doesn't Phoenix end up becoming a suspect? Like Phoenix ends up getting arrested and like has to represent himself in court. Yes, like they, um, they, oh my god, yeah, yeah, freaking went like a no you to Phoenix <laughs> just because uh, Phoenix kept uh, pressing him. Yes, <laughs> yeah, God, it's just. It's just such an interesting game because it has so many elements that other games do. The way that it puts them together and the final product it creates feel isn't really like anything else. Like you can kind of compare oh, you've not played Dangan Romper probably, but you can compare it to Dangan Romper in a similar sense that like it's a trial and it but there's, there's something about Ace Attorney that just does it. It just does it so well. Yeah, um, I I think when I was like reading up Chibi Chops and Idioms a bit, I believe uh, some people said like they did compare it to Danganronpa, and I did get a sense of that feeling because I watched a Danganronpa anime mm. uh, beforehand. Uh, I was just like so invested in the anime. So when playing uh, playing the uh, Phoenix Riot, I was just saying like, damn, I'm starting to get some, uh, starting to feel some Danganronpa vibes, except without all the personal yeah. connections with everything. But it it was just fantastic to play. Still, it was just it was just fun by itself. Like I I loved it so much. And again, the people who did the translation, the localization, and everything did a wonderful job on making sure these characters feel human to feel like okay these people you're having to go up against and not just some random uh, portrait on screen yeah there's a lot of um yeah there's a lot of times like you said where the the characters will be very emotive and obviously they're not moving but you can between the language used for the localization and the way that their characters drawn on screen you can kind of you can feel whatever emotion it is that's trying to be shown at that time. Yeah, it was very impressive. And 
uh, just the fact that they also have like a sprite for like nearly any uh, every a possible every possible emotion that the characters might feel and <laughs> one of my favorite things that i love from this game was the fact that whenever there's a very good counter argument and such sometimes the characters act like they got uh, hit with a critical strike. Yes, I'm like, what the hell's yeah. going on? Yeah, especially Phoenix. He kind of literally like gets knocked back out of his like chair, and he's like, oh, what? Um, I think the thing I'm curious about is is when I when I recommended this to you, you'd actually bought the trilogy, right? I thought I had to check, but I thought I did, but I think I only got the first game, oh. but. Either way, I mean, at least on the Switch, it's possible to get the second and third game. Yeah, I guess that's what I was curious about, because, I mean, I... The the interesting thing about Saints Row is I actually owned a copy of Saints Row 4, Get Out of Hell, um, when I got my Xbox One. But I just never played it. (laughs) Um, So that's something I'm going to go back and revisit, and I probably will play other games in the Saints series. I was just curious if you had any plans to to like revisit the Phoenix Wright series down the line or oh I definitely do I I'm now I if this is how like the true potential visual novels can be then yeah I I am very interested in playing more of the series oh, now excellent I mean there's enough games to play there's that's just the original trilogy there's loads of spin-offs and all sorts of stuff yeah I was wondering like because I it, even when I was like going to GameStop, I was like seeing some of the games. I was like noticing there were different characters, so I was just thinking like, is it is he a descendant, or are they just like different characters in the series? So I was like, now I'm like more interested now to see like what's what's up with these other uh, characters in Phoenix. Yeah, it's, it's a massive a massive universe. Um, and if you like the first game of this, and definitely suggest sticking with the series. I I can't wait to dive into that whole. For sure, a huge rabbit <laughs> hole of different types of different uh, X-Ride games. But I mean, in this, in this, you've got anything else to add? I don't know if you want to jump into your final thoughts on Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Well, I think well, I think there's one little minor detail that I want to point out was just I just thought it was cool. Like I keep forgetting, like it's it's Nintendo three, um, it's in the DS that I forgot that. Oh right. There's more to what this console, a mini console, can do when, because when they introduce like a new console, like oh, you could spin around an object and such. I was like, wait, you could do that in this game. I was just thinking, oh wait, I forget, it's a video game. It could do more than just show, uh, just show like uh, illustrations and such of characters. But it was cool to like to to be able to do that kind of thing. I again, it's just always something new to learn, and it was really cool to see phoenix learn more stuff and it was weird because i was just what was it case five that he learned about evidence or obtaining evidence or illegal evidence i'm just like how have you not learned this kind of stuff like shouldn't this be something you should know as a lawyer (laughs) you would hope so right and like i've seen like on the 3ds like it's really cool because like the judge will constantly be on the top screen and then, like, Phoenix and Miles will be on the bottom screen. And just the whole kind of layout just kind of adds to... It looks like it adds to the whole kind of gameplay experience because it just makes it feel like a courtroom, like the judge is always there. That's just ridiculous, honestly. 
Especially with the coffee up queen section uh section. Like he kept getting distracted by the lunches. I'm like, dude, you're a joke. Stop. <laughs> Stop getting distracted so much. Uh, there's a lot of comedy in the game and I love it. I do love it. There is. Oh. Especially when um you have that I guess that scientifically speaking, girl in case five once mm. again. Um Oh my gosh, I just, there's like so much sass <laughs> in this game. I love it. So whenever like a Oh, okay, so like how the queen was like saying like how she has so many boyfriends, but then she said like, could you be my yet another boyfriend? The judge, uh, he was like, um, no. And the girl, um, the girl next in Phoenix was like, judge had to think about it before saying no. I was like, oh my god, way to call him out. <laughs> I liked the um, ah, oh, she, I think she's in the, I think it's the third case with the silver samurai, the um, the. The elderly lady who's the security guard. Oh, I fucking right. loved her character. And then she comes back around later on as like an astronaut with a ray gun. Uh, she's it's just so <laughs> stupid, but it's brilliant. They just, I think I had a lot of fun with this uh, game. And I find like, at first I thought like, you know, this character is pretty ridiculous and there's... I don't know how they could uh, do this kind of thing with, uh, with a court setting and such for a game, but then I forget, even real-life court could be just as wacky if the the, the, the victims or whichever are being very ridiculous themselves. So I was like, you know what? I, I can't fault this game for being ridiculous because sometimes people <laughs> really are this uh, ridiculous. I mean, this, this... Especially when... But something that always threw me off was like whenever the people that are on trial... They make open threats to <laughs> Phoenix. I'm like, um, hello? Yeah. Anybody else hearing this? Hearing this? It was the bit as well where, like, I think the reason that you ended up solving case four with Miles being the suspect was because you get the talking parrot on the stand as a fucking witness. And, like, he he said something that was said, like, 12 years ago that unlocks this new piece of evidence. It's just... It's just so crazy, but it's... I, it's, it's brilliant at the same time. Yeah, and I believed um, this case was inspired by an actual case where they actually had to use a parrot as a witness. So I was like, oh, my God. And I that bit, tidbit of info stuck with me for a very long time because of a watch mojo uh, video or whatever whichever video because um i don't know why but just to see it actually in, um play on i was like wow. yeah i know there was a i i found i'm finally here i know moment. there was a case where like <laughs> a guy died he'd been shot and then 13 years later somebody heard the parrot mimicking his voice and it was like his last words and it turned out his wife shot him and the reason they found out was because the parrot repeated the words it's just it's just crazy absolutely crazy yeah but you, you it's just yeah uh, something you gotta remember like uh, real life is stranger than fiction oh, yes. it's like <laughs> it's like you can't make the shit up <laughs> uh but with that, I feel like we're we're at a nice natural end for the episode. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me again today. Um, 
it was absolute blast chatting to you and thank you for recommending Saints Row 2. Hey, thank you for inviting me to do this. This is very fun, especially for recommending a great yeah, game. Yeah, I'm to glad. Me. I'm glad there's somebody else I've got uh, addicted to the Phoenix Wright series. So <laughs> I chalked that up to a win. Do you just want to um, hey. sort of remind people where they can find you and sort of what it is that you're doing on your little corner of the internet? True thing. Oh, I like that. That was pretty clever. <laughs> but yeah, um, around the nearest corner, folks, uh, you could. You can follow the podcast. Um, I mean, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you can listen to. Um, well, wherever else you can listen to your podcast. And you can follow us on Random Gamers Co. on Twitter or Random Gamers Pod on Instagram, whichever one, whatever feels are fancy. But yeah, uh, feel free to listen to us. We Sometimes we'll just ramble on for a good 15 minutes. But then sometimes some episodes could just turn out to be Two hours or <laughs> even for the finale, like multiple hours. So hopefully, hopefully you can check us out. And uh, once again, thank you so much for having me on. It, it's been a real pleasure. Oh, it's, it's been a blast, honestly. And all of those links and everything we'll put in the description below the show notes so that people can go and check you out. But... All right, thank you. But, uh, I mean, with that, you know, thank you for joining me. Thank you for the people listening to the episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. In the description as well, we'll have all the details for playalongpod.com, the socials and everything like that. There's a whole bunch of bonus content on the website to check out if you want to become a member, if you have the means to financially add to this to the podcast then there's a whole bunch of stuff there for you guys we've got D series we've got botulons we've got death strand in play for all sorts of stuff you definitely should go and check that out uh with that i think we'll we'll leave it there and say once again thank you for joining and i hope everyone has enjoyed listening to the episode bye everybody have a good week <laughs> <laughs>